I'm Leanne Tran, psychologist who's worked with families whose kids don't fit the mould for almost 20 years. I've worked with children for decades, but I know parents are the real change makers when it comes to their kids. Having three kids of my own means I know it's not easy. Parent Like a Psychologist is all about simplifying how you support your kids with psychology information filtered through years of experience to take you from overwhelmed to confident. Come on in. Hello. The topic of today's podcast is about whether parents are responsible or have contributed to their children's um, differences and diagnoses, if that's the case. This is not because it's something I want to talk about. It's because it's something you want to talk about. Parents ask me this all the time. If their child has ADHD or anxiety, other things, it's really common that parents just want to understand it. So they want to know if they've passed it on to their child, either through genetics or through something they've done, the choices that they've made. And I think it's really tough being a parent. Um, None of us get the manual, the parenting manual, and we learn things by looking back uh, at the choices that we've made. So sometimes that leaves us wondering if we could have done it differently or should have done it differently. That's a bit unfair because then we've got new information and knowledge and perspective at that time, but It doesn't stop us from judging ourselves for it anyway. So I wanted to talk about a couple of different uh, patterns of difference. So ADHD, autism, anxiety, and learning disorders, and talk through the role of parents in how that comes about. So if we start with ADHD, I think often parents of kids with ADHD have a negative template of of their parenting uh, from society. We know that ADHD is essentially all biological. The reasons for it are biological. So it's something like 60 to 90% might be genetic and biological. So when I say genetic, I mean that it's part of the DNA. It's how kids are made. And the other part, biological, is if they've had some challenges that's led to some uh, brain differences, either in the system or the, uh, sorry, the structure of the brain or how it's working. And so that might be through traumatic birth or other things like that. So it's almost all biological. But still, there is this misconception in society that it's not a real thing or that it's just from loose parenting or not very good parenting and that you need to just kind of be stricter and that will pull your kids into line. Both those things are not true. So ADHD is recognized as a neurodevelopmental disorder, which is a fancy word for saying that the brain develops along a different path to most other kids. It's been well known and well researched for decades. So we know it's biological. Um, That is the primary cause. Sometimes there has been some research indicating that 
parenting styles are different for kids with ADHD. The reason that we can't say that that parenting style causes ADHD is because the studies are usually done with families where the kids have ADHD and a lot of other challenges going on. So they're really complex kids with complex needs and it's just not clear enough for us to know that differences in parenting um, have resulted in ADHD. The other thing we know is that when kids have ADHD, parents change their parenting. So it doesn't happen that the parenting is different first. It happens that the parenting changes in response to the kids having ADHD. The reason for that is that lots of the traditional parenting doesn't work because kids are wired differently and they don't have the ability to do things in the same way that other kids do. They need their parenting to be done differently. So if all the parents who have changed their parenting in response to their kids with ADHD, good on you because it wasn't working. You needed to do it differently. Sometimes parents still feel unsure about what to do um, and that's okay. All parents at some stage reach the point with whatever issue where they just run out of strategies. Um, And there are things that you can learn and reflect on to help you push through those barriers and add some new tools to your toolkit. The next question is about um, autism. So autism is largely, well, actually it's largely unknown is what I was going to say, the cause for autism. Um, So there are some biological elements It varies a lot, maybe between 40 to 80% of um, the causes thought to be genetic. That's a really big difference, 40 to 80. Um, It's also thought that there are some developmental um, differences. So in in that, what that means is that there might be a little bit of um, genetic or biological differences, and then those, the, the, brain and how kids process things develops along a different path um, to some other kids. There's So parenting, we know, has nothing to do with it. (laughs) It's largely genetic. And when we say environmental, it's not really the environment that is um, responsible either in, in the fact that we don't really know what environmental factors are contributing to autism. So sometimes when people say environmental, it makes us think of families because it's that nature nurture kind of thing. We think about nurture, but I just really wanted to make it clear that that's not the case. So it's largely biological differences um, and then kids develop along a different path to other kids when they have, when, when they are autistic. Um, There are some theories there about cognitive differences um, and some about the differences in how kids um, relate to or experience social relationships and settings because we're all, um, well, traditionally we're social creatures and so there might be a little bit of a difference in that. But all kids are really different with autism as well and it's just not known enough to really... um, 
be able to provide more information on that. The um, also oh, definitely not with the um, parenting with autism. So there was a time when that was considered the case, but that's really outdated and nobody thinks that anymore. The other thing we were going to talk about is anxiety. And so anxiety is one where maybe there is a little bit more of a parenting role in that challenge and difference for kids. So anxiety is also really, um, it's partly genetic, biological, and also partly environmental, but it's partly parenting as well, parenting influence. So it's a bit genetic um, in that there's some genes responsible. It's a little bit biological and it's how kids are wired as well. There are some um, things parents can do that isn't helpful. And so sometimes that's kind of with um, if they've got their own anxiety is trying to or having difficulty challenging themselves to think positively and in a helpful way about um, anxiety provoking situations um, and also to try to challenge themselves to do things that make them nervous or anxious. So partly that modeling is what kids might pick up. Um, the other part in anxiety is that sometimes there is an element of that attachment with a parent that can be a little bit uh, difficult. So if a parent doesn't quite know how to connect with their child uh, and build that strong relationship, that's something that can lead to anxiety as well. Because kids feel confident and secure in themselves based on how they feel in our relationship with them. So we've done ADHD, anxiety, autism. The other one is learning disorders. Learning disorders are, um, we now call them by a different name. They're called specific learning disorders, maybe in reading, writing, or maths. In the past, there have been um, dyslexia is a term that's been used to talk about difficulties with reading and spelling. Um, dyscalculia was the one for maths and dysgraphia, the one for writing. Now they they kind of all are specific learning disorders and we talk about the academic skills that are affected. These things are in part genetic as well. Uh, and so in that way, maybe parents have passed them down to their kids. Sometimes when I say genetic too, for all of these things, it's not necessarily parent to child. Sometimes it can be other people in the family. So maybe grandparents, aunts and uncles or cousins um, that lets us know that it's, it's genetic. Uh, again, there's not much you can do about that. Um, and the, in the parenting though, in no way causes those um, things either. Why I think it's important to know what, the role is for parents in these um, developing these differences and difficulties is like I mentioned before that you don't um, kind of feel guilty about it for no reason. And hopefully this episode's cleared up 
a couple of the um, questions you had and maybe even some misconceptions about your role in these things. Um, But the other thing too is that I think it can, aside from the guilt too, it can help us not attribute the cause to some of the decisions that we might have made as parents. And so when I think about with, with autism, sometimes people say that I never really, you know, took him out a lot when he was young to be around other people. Is that no, that's not it. That's not what happened. Um, and with ADHD, you know, maybe like I should have done this differently or that differently, or should have got him to sit down and learn earlier and tried to teach him to focus. And that, that's not helpful either because, um, it, that wasn't a decision that you made that led to that difficulty. And with learning disorders, it's the same kind of thing, saying, well, I didn't read to him enough when I was little, or um, oh, she she never really liked to write and I, ne- I didn't want to push her and now she can't do it. Do you think that's contributed? And these, um, I'm sighing as I say it, not because I'm exasperated, but just because I think we're so harsh on ourselves as parents. We look back and think, did we not do it perfectly? Is that what's happened? And I just think that that's not a nice place for us to be as parents. So uh, that's when I hear this question, it's difficult. So it's difficult for parents. So I wanted to really take the time to um, talk through it and hopefully reduce some of those fears and judgments that you might be placing on yourself. The thing I often say too to parents is that if there are things you're worried about that maybe were in your control or are in your control now, then don't think of those as uh, negative things or shortcomings as a parent. Think of them as opportunities that you can use. You can turn those situations around if it's something that you think you haven't done properly, then now's your chance to flip that around and and try it. So some examples might be that actually like the relationship with um, parents is one thing that helps build resilience in kids, all kids, uh, and equally in kids who have ADHD or who are autistic or who have anxiety. So that's one good example of something practical that you can do to try to build the resilience in your child, no matter what their challenges are. And that's probably one I'd stick to today because it covers all of those areas. Even kids with learning uh, disabilities or difficulties, disorders, it's all, all the same kind of word. If they can feel secure and confident within their relationship for you, it means those challenges at school aren't going to be as powerful to them. So my challenge to you is to think about how you can go about strengthening your relationship with your children. Chances are your relationship is different with each one. Well, it will be, but also the level of of closeness or how great you would rate your relationship will change and fluctuate. So with some kids, you might think about which one you need to work on that relationship with at the moment. You don't have to do it with all of them. 
Um, you can just focus on one if you think it's going to be helpful. Um, the key is some one-on-one -on -one time. Frequency is better than the duration. So if you can spend frequent time with your child rather than um, once a week, a big chunk, that's going to be better. And just delight in your child is really the key. I've got a couple of uh, book reviews on my website, on the blog. And so one of them is um, bringing up human beings, raising human beings. Um, that's one that can help you really try and fix the relationship or strengthen it if things are a bit tricky. Um, the other one is by Gabor Mate. Um, and I can't even think of the name of it at the moment, but I'm going to put it in the show notes down the bottom. Um, and that's one which is about, um, collecting your child and connecting with them. And that's going to be one if you aren't having any challenges, but you purely want to build that relationship with them, that's going to give you all the practical tips you need. So have a read of it on the blog. Um, so it's leantran.com.au slash blog. If you like the sound of it, then maybe you can buy it or borrow it from the library. Um, my hot tip for parents who might have ADHD themselves, which is sometimes the case because it's genetic, is that you can listen to it on an audio book if you, because um, often reading is a thing that, um, ADHD is don't enjoy. The other thing you can do is listen to it on Blinkist. Um, that is an app that shortens books down to their kind of vital summaries and just gives you 15 minutes um, of the key kind of crux of the content, the really meaty, juicy bits. And that's a really great way to distill lots of information into the clear um, cut bullet points of what to remember. So leantran.com.au slash blog, um, have a look, see what you think. And, um, I hope this has been really helpful to increase your feelings of, uh, calmness about the role you've had in parenting your kids. Thanks for listening to this episode of Parent Like a Psychologist. If you found it helpful, please share on Instagram so other parents can benefit too and tag me at Leanne Tran Psychology so that I can say a big thank you. Head over to leannetran.com.au to join the village for bite-sized psychology tips straight to your inbox. I really hope this podcast has brought a new perspective and you a step closer towards a calm parent and a thriving child. Have a delightful day.